Welcome everybody to another edition of Sports Any Way You Want It. It is Thursday, September 24th, 2020. I'm Alex Frank alongside Zach Free. Zach, back at it in uh, this beautiful house of yours, this nice Thank neighborhood. You. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for coming here to do the show. And we, we got the uh, score update from uh, the Steel City. It's 3-0 Pirates over the Cubs. The Reds? Oh, the Reds. Here we are, three games remaining in the regular season, and they're in the playoffs if the season started today, or if the season ended today. Uh, you know, you hate to get ahead of yourself and say they clinch before uh, they've really clinched, but last night's win was so massive. Um, and how about Trevor Bauer? I mean, just what he did last night, um, he just, it was, it was an incredible performance that when, with the season on the line, most important game of the year, a game against Milwaukee, you win that game, you get, now we got the tiebreaker over Milwaukee. Uh, it is. It was a. It was an incredible performance, and even when that game was teetering, even the start of the game, the first inning, gives up a hit to start the game. But Tucker did a great job, um, you know, with throwing him Avi Garcia out, and, and I believe it was the sixth. Um, just he get they they get on with an error, and then there's a hit, and it's like first and third, nobody out, and you're a little worried all of a sudden. But Bauer just said, "Come on, climb aboard. I've got this." Three strikeouts in a row, um, just unbelievable um, start, and 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 what should clinch his Cy Young berth. Um, but now they, but they've still got to take care of business. This thing isn't over. It's not. It's not a. It's not a guarantee yet. They've got three against Minnesota, who's really good, and they're still trying to win the. You know, they can still win the AL Central. In fact, they have the lead uh, in the AL Central. They've really turned the tide here, and uh, they're not bowing down. They're not going to go. They're not going to just let the Reds come in here and win games. That's that's for sure. It's it's not going to be an easy uh, series. Um, because they're going with Barrios on Friday, and he's a pretty nasty pitcher. You avoid Maeda, but uh, Rich Hill on Sunday, I think Michael Pineda on Saturday. So you've got some experienced guys you're going to be facing, and uh, they just got to take care of business. If they win the series, they're obviously they're going to make it. If they win one, um, they, uh, they have, they're in decent shape, I'd say, probably good shape. But and then it, but it all hinges. It also hinges on what the Cardinals, Brewers. Giants, Marlins, Phillies do. It's that's still up in the air. But right now, I mean, they're in a great position. There's no, there's no denying that. Trevor Bauer last night, as as you mentioned, Zach, eight innings, four hits, only allowing one earned run, twelve strikeouts. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, he also he threw a um, hundred and four pitches on short rest. That's another thing too. And you think about coming off a tough loss to the White Sox on Saturday for him to go out there and beat a divisional rival who he has struggled with this season that was really really important and the only time the Brewers come to Great American Ballpark you find a way to win two out of three I I think they could have won all three games quite frankly they really could have yeah yeah Tuesday Tuesday kind of got away but you know um how about Wade Miley pitching a solid ninth inning you know I thought after the first at bat when he when he slid to get a ground ball I kind of questioned what are you doing considering that he had been hurt prior to that last night, but good to see yeah. him. And I think if if he is available, you can bring him in out of the bullpen in certain situations in the playoffs. I mean at best of three series, you're gonna go all you're gonna go all in. Um now 
That said, Trevor Bauer is he starting Sunday? I don't. I think it's going to be Sunny Gray as of now. That's so, what okay, we know so, as of now, but it could change, I guess, depending on what happens. Um, so who who do we have going this week? Well, you've got Mally on Friday. That's right, Mally on Friday. Castillo on Saturday, and then Sunny Gray. Sunny Gray on Sunday as of now, which I think. So that means so that means if you if you make the playoffs, you can start Trevor Bauer game one, which I yes. th- which I, I would I would want that to happen. But the problem is you can't start Sunny Gray. But you can start. Um, yeah, I mean you can't start Sunny Gray. Or do you mean like in the series? In, in the three. I think you would be able to start Sunny Gray. I don't know why not. Right? If he pitches Sunday, he could go Friday. Because well, the uh, the well, NL playoffs. Well, well, the start series. When does Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? So so goes so goes so goes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for the wild card series. Yeah, two, but the AL is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Okay, so Wednesday night would be and Trevor all Bauer. three games. All three games are. So you would go Bauer, Castillo, and Gray. That's I'm pretty sure they'd be able to pull that off. Why are Why are we forecasting this when we don't even know if the Reds are going to officially be in the playoffs? Which I'm still, it's still got that nervous feeling of like. Well, of oh, course you do. This God, is Cincinnati. They could blow this, you know. It's like until they clinch. It's kind of like a Marlins situation where it's like until they clinch, I'm not giving them anything, and until the Reds clinch, I'm not giving them anything. But. At the same time, I mean, they're in a good position. It's not like I can sit here and say, "Oh, they're you know, they're in they're in a good spot right now." This is a happy. Oh, this should be a happy podcast, a happy celebratory kind of like. Wow, last night was a was a big one, but they haven't they haven't clinched anything yet. No, but they are in a good spot. They have, I, no, you got to say that they are in a good spot because they do have a little bit of breathing room going into Minnesota, and I, I should say their margin for error is a little bit greater than it might have been had they lost last night or another game to Milwaukee, but you think about how important that homestand was, and it feels like a lifetime ago that it started. Think about this, Zach. I remember I was at 700 on Saturday Saturday night, September 12th, when they had just lost 7-1 to the Cardinals. And mm-hmm. uh, Matt Steinman, the producer who was running the Reds Network that night, was talking to Dave Yarnbrister, and they both they both didn't think that the Reds were going to be able to do it, but all they've done since then, what have they done? They've, they've won, they won six straight... Lost one, one, two, so that's eight of nine. They've won. They've nine, lost two games. Yeah, since then, they're, right? they're they're nine and two since then. Wow, that's crazy. Lost I mean, one did you think they were going to be nine and two after that series at, against the Pirates, or did you think they were going to? Did you no. think they were going to be in this position when they lost sixteen to two to the Cardinals back on September first? No, especially it's because of what they like everything that they had to do, like everything that has gone wrong this season. It just was like it just felt like this team was sputtering and couldn't get just they couldn't get out of their own way at times and yeah there was some bad luck but it was like just some of these losses that they had and I get every team every MLB team can probably say wow you know look at a couple of these games we should have won you know and look at this and look at that like but to me it's like there were just you had some games where it was like, God, that was a game. Like the, I, I look back and and that Cardinals game with the Glacius and and with the four to two lead and coming in looking like that was going to be a win and then to blow that. Um, and you look at losing the first series of the year, two games that got away that you should have at least won one of those games. It's all right, I guess, to maybe blow one of them, but to not win one, to not win 
either of them was was big. But at the same time, they've overcome that. And to be honest with you, which which has also really helped them, not only is it good to be playing your best baseball at the end of the year for just being hot going into the playoffs purposes, but also there's tiebreakers that include that go down to how well you've played over the last 20 games. And look, I, there's not going to be too many. I don't think there's going to be any team that's in this mix of the wild card race that's going to be able to say they're better than the Reds over the last 20 games record-wise. I think the Reds are almost solidified that tiebreaker and. Uh, so right now, yeah, they're, they're sitting pretty with with where they are, three games left, uh, and and uh, mostly I think they've, I mean, they have the tiebreaker over Milwaukee as of now. They have, um, I believe they're going to have, they, they, they're in a good spot with the tiebreaker against San Francisco unless San Francisco just like rolls off like three more straight wins or something, which could happen, I guess, uh, but you got to feel good about their chances, uh, and I do, and the only thing I, like, if I have to be critical, I just worry about, um, you know, offensively this team, how can they can they string together hits? Because the home runs are great, and it's fine. It's great. It's great and all, but at some points, I think playing that, you know, getting, getting them on, getting them over, getting them, get them in is kind of have to come into effect, and I don't know if you can just rely on the hitting three home runs a game or two home, you know, but I guess I'm nitpicking. Uh, but it's just the one thing to be, if there's something to be worried about as we go into class series and the playoffs is can they sustain like, oh, we're going to get all our runs off home runs. We'll see if that, if that can happen. Sean McMahon, our, one of our staff members, asked me this last night. He's like, what do the Reds, who do the Reds need to get in the offseason? And I said, guys that can get on base. Yeah. No. And, I, I, and we were talking about, you know, the stolen base – it's not it's not as valuable as it used to be, or it's not as prominent right. as far as stats go. But just to have guys that can get on base and create traffic, and that allows your power hitters to drive in runs, yep, sure. multiple runs at a time. You know, you, you know, home like you said, it's like home runs are great, but if you're only hitting solo home runs, that's not going to do you anything. Um, right. You look at you look at Sunday's game against the White Sox in the fourth inning. I mean, at one point the Reds had five runs on one hit. Because they were because they were stringing together base runners, plate discipline came in handy there. That was true. So, so you do. I think you do need guys that can get on base. I think we have enough left-handed hitters in our lineup: Mustakis, Winker, uh, Votto. Am I forgetting anybody? Uh, Shogo. Shogo. I do yeah. want to see. I, I I have not been impressed with Shogo this season. Oh come on! The last couple of weeks though. He is okay. Oh, the, the last couple. I weeks, agree with he, you. He's been. He's a great defensive player. I agree with you that Shogo was very underwhelming in the in the, the first month and a half of the year. But the last two three weeks, that guy has started to figure it out. He's starting to put together good at bats. He's gotten on base more. Uh, the only thing with him is just he's just kind of a slap hitter. You know, he's not a guy that's going to really produce runs or drive in runs or, you know, but that's not his job. His job is to be the leadoff guy and get on base. And if he does that, I mean, hell, if we can get Castellanos to at least, you know, not chase pitches and start to, you know, become that yeah. doubles machine, we'll, we'll have, we'll, we'll be scary in the postseason. And if Jesse Winker can continue to do what he did through the middle of the season in the next year, I mean, I mean, this Reds lineup. Look, right now it ranks last in the. I can't believe they're last in average. They're right? last in batting average at two eleven. <laughs> but 
the one but the one two things that they do well is or they hit the ball out of the ballpark and they're starting pitching i would put it up against any starting rotation it's about as good as anybody right now yeah i mean it's up there with uh the dodgers the astros the twins uh the yankees i mean it's it's up there with a lot the cubs i mean it's up there with a lot of so that can get you to the postseason in a 60 game season as sure as it is you know if you are able to make the playoffs you're gonna you're gonna carry a lot of momentum apologize for that you're gonna carry a lot of momentum into next year's spring training gosh forbid i hope we can go to opening day next year yeah i mean the the this i mean this has a they have the potential to be really uh really good for the for the future i mean the the next couple years i mean if if they get guys uh you know, if Castellanos opts in and plays better, which I think he will, and you got Shogo, and you got, I mean, you got younger guys still. I mean, hopefully Senzel isn't snake bitten and can actually stay on the field. Uh, I do like Nick Senzel when he's on the field. I do too. He hasn't, I mean, he hasn't hit well at all uh, no. since coming back, but I think it's just he can't get into a rhythm. Um, but then you also got Tyler, you know, Tyler Stevenson, I think could be the everyday catcher next year, maybe. Um, well, I think what do you do happen. with Tucker then? Mm. Because I I like a little platoon. I, I like Tucker, and I've seen this year. I've come to appreciate his value more so than I have in recent years. There's good and bad. There's things you have to learn with that you're going yeah. to to. You have to take the good with the bad. I guess the good is that I think he's a good catcher. He handles pitchers well. He's pretty good defensively. Got a good arm, but he's limited at the plate. He's just not yeah. a very good hitter. And right? what what I've seen this year is this. This. Overall, this roster, I put it up with anybody really? in Major League Baseball. It's a talented roster. What about the Dodgers? What about the Padres? What about the... Well, I, 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 I mean, the Dodgers, are, Yankee, the Dodgers are the best team in Major League Baseball. Oh, they are. Well, the They're Yankees, just... they, they, outside of a 5-15 and 15 stretch this season, they've been really, really good. I mean, when, when Aaron Judge is healthy, who, who right. hits balls harder than Aaron Judge? Yeah, I mean the thing when healthy—that's the problem. It's just the Yankees healthy. They got to be healthy, you know. It's they've they've had so many injuries, and but luckily for them, they have so much depth. I mean, I mean, look at last year; their second stringers were putting up numbers that that the best number nine hitters in Major League Baseball put up. Yeah, it takes... I mean, that, that's how good the Yankees were last year. But what I'm saying, Zach, is this roster is so talented, and it has a lot of depth in in certain areas. I feel like what David Bell thinks is he has to use all of that talent. No, what he needs to do is he needs to figure out, okay, who are the best guys on a given night that are going to give this team the best chance to win? You know, you can't pull Luis Castillo early. You can't pull your starters early. Uh, I, I, I mean, that goes, I think, for both a, a shortened season and a lengthy regular season. Now, if you want to if you want to pull them early, I wouldn't even do this in – the, the stretch run next year because next year when, when we're going to have a full season at least i hope we are yeah they will that's a topic for maybe yeah. november december during our winter meetings yeah specials but uh anyway there there's a lot of talent on this roster and it's and it's finally coming together for sure and, and they're starting to win games they've had they've had some pickups i mean the second game against the white Sox wasn't very good they no. left they left some guys on base but hey at least they got on base and then you look at the brewers uh Sunday it was it was just one bad inning from uh, T.J. Anton. Was that him in the seventh inning that let that lead go? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it's one bad inning, and you're facing the Brewers bullpen, which is one of the better bullpens in Major League Baseball. Josh Hader is, a, is as nasty yeah, as they Devin come. Devin Williams is really good too. You've had a really 
He pitched two full innings on on Tuesday. He was really, really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that's one game they got away, but you bounce back the next night. They're winning the games that they have to win. What'd they go on that homestand? They went, um, swept the Pirates in four games. Two of three, two of three. So, so that's, that's six. Uh, that's eight, eight and two. two. Yeah. That's about as good that's, as, yeah. That's, that's, that's pretty that's impressive. That's pretty impressive. Uh, I gotta, I gotta say, never thought that would have happened when that homestand started. But wow. it's, it's also interesting to me that this is the first time that the Reds are facing Minnesota this year. Yeah, and we had a feeling it would come down. I had a feeling when the schedule came out, like well, crap, what if it comes down to this Minnesota series? And here we are. Um, you know, we're we're. Uh, well, maybe we could go to Minneapolis this week. I mean, think about this weekend. You would have had that. And he would have had the Bearcats at Nebraska. Is that the, would that have been? This that would week? have been this Saturday. Yeah, we would have been. Uh, we might have gone to Lincoln for that. I, w- I mean, it would have been fun. I'm not saying if we would have been able to go, it would have been great. But yeah, and, and then the Bengals got a, the Bengals have a must-win game this week at Philadelphia. So there's a lot. There's a lot happening this weekend for East, when big you think week, about it. Big lot of sports. So yeah, yeah, hopefully it turns out well for the Reds, man. Hopefully, yeah. I I mean. I want nothing more to come on the air next Thursday. Talking about how and, they won game one. Yeah, there, there's game one, and then hopefully we're talking about moving on to the division series in Arlington. Be nice to talk. Arlington or Houston. It is crazy we've come in just two and a half weeks how far we've come. So, But maybe, you know, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully this this, this weekend and they avoid disaster in Minneapolis and they just, you know... Um, well, take the, care of business. The problem is, as we as we said earlier, the Twins' record at home twenty three and five. I mean, they are really good at home. That's not fair. Almost twenty three and five. And you look at who they have in that lineup. I mean, it, Nelson Cruz, Cruz Miguel Sano, Jorge Polanco, Jorge Polanco, Eddie Rosario can hit a little bit. God. Byron Buxton's playing better. Buxton. I mean, they last year. Their lineup was as was as powerful as anyone's. They do Donaldson. You know, I forgot about Josh Donaldson. It's it's a scary lineup. And it's, that ballpark's not a hitter's ballpark. No, no, that's no, a pretty big park. Pretty big park. Like if if there was a full season this year, the Twins would probably have been the favorites to win the AL Central. Yeah, I think they would. Yeah, I do. I agree with that. Because they they won it last year. See, here's the thing about Minnesota too. You know, Zach, there, there's this saying, you know, there, there, there are certainties in life. There's three certainties Uh-oh. in life. Oh, I know Death, where this is going. taxes, and the Yankees sweeping the Twins <laughs> to the playoffs. <laughs> that's true. But, but you have to acknowledge that, that that's right because... They've owned them. Well, I shouldn't say sweep, but they, they do beat the Twins all the time in the playoffs. They beat them in 03, 04, 09, 10, 17, and 19. So that's six times. Now, you can count 17 if you want to or not because that was a wild card game. Wild card. But, I mean, they still beat them. They won. Right? I mean, they won, so you got to... last year. So I remember, Zach, I remember being nervous as a Yankees fan going into that series because I knew how good Minnesota's lineup was. That's a great tag right there. Cubs-Pirates game going on right now. That's a great tag in the plate good by... Good throw by Schwarber. That catch? That I think it's Caratini. Oh, Caratini, okay. Yeah. So, my thought was, this could be an interesting series. By the fourth inning of game two, the game, the series was over. When Didi hit that grand slam, yeah. which, by the way, he crushed that thing. He did. I love how Fo- I, I love how Fox kind of kept the camera on home plate, and DD like threw his bat, and yeah, the Twins pit. Who was it? Was a reliever. I forget his name. He he knew what he had just given up. I mean, DD obliterated that thing. 
Sir DD. Now he's yeah. on, now he's in Philly. So Minnesota, they're closing in on the playoffs. Yeah, they're they're they can still win. But the they division. haven't won a postseason series since two thousand two. Oh God, Minnesota. And they've had some talented teams. They have. I mean, especially the last couple of years. Because when we when we were first starting getting into sports, the Twins were one of the most consistent teams across the major leagues. Yeah. It was Joe Bauer and Justin Morneau won MVPs in a span of four years. Yeah. It was those are the good old days for the Twins. They kind of. Um, I'll give Paul Molitor a lot of credit for bringing that team back. Because remember, yeah, from twenty. 11 through like 2016 this this team was not very good as a rebuild basically had to rebuild and they had a lot of talent on that on those teams i mean who they had alexi casilla um carlos yeah. gomez kadir i think michael kadir in addition to morneau and mauer their starting pitching was oh mm, urban santana maybe urban santana was there when was they when their first winning division titles but i'm trying to figure out who else was on those Teams starting pitchers, not I good ones. I don't. No, think, right? I, don't, I don't. I can't remember off the top of my head who they had. But it, it, look, it's a, it's a different Twins team. But at the same time, it's a very very solid team that you're going up against. However, you're throwing Castillo, Gray, Malley. Tyler Malley's been really. He's pitched great. He's pitched great. I can't. Yeah, I mean Malley's been great. Uh, last year he was kind of struggling, and I think you and I was at least out on him. I don't know about you, Zach. I, I've liked Malley for a long time. I know he hasn't pitched very well before this year. He hadn't been very good, but I had always thought like, okay, there's something here. I think he was a guy that pitched really well in Double A, and and I was kind of intrigued by that. So I've kind of through a perfect game. I've been yeah, I've been in the Malley corner for a while. Um, I, I'm a Malley fan. Um, I think it takes time. You know, he's only 20. I think he's only 25. And so his first couple of years, there were some great moments. And then there were some bad moments. But maybe he's piecing it together. You know, pitching's hard. And, and guys, sometimes you have to adjust. And, and I think Malley's doing that. He's he's kind of figuring things out. I think he's, he's – the thing with all – the thing with him was is he could start games out really well. And he'd start – I think he'd cruise at times. But then he'd get to the fifth inning the third time through the order. Would be a, would be a bugaboo for him. And um, it, it and with two outs, he'd be really bad. It's just kind of maintaining that consistency with two outs. And through that third third time through the order, that's been the, it's the key for, for, for Malley. And I think this year – I think he's been more aggressive, and, and he's been great. I, lo- I like Malley a lot. Another thing, too, is this, Zach. Yeah. As the Reds started, because Malley was, might have been this best pitcher in 2018. When you, I mean, when you were throwing... Oh, Well, before Castillo became who Luis Castillo okay. was. I mean, think about who, who, are we, who were we throwing out there on 20, a regular basis. 2018, Sal Romano was getting started. Sal Romano, um, who was up and down. Matt Harvey was getting started. Oh God, remember that? Yeah. Uh, Disco was getting started. Disco wasn't wasn't very good though. That no, year. the starting pitching, but and as the Reds' starting pitching rotation has become significantly better. Oh well, yeah, it's it's made give, uh, it's made strides in two and two years. I see. This is what I love about the Reds' front office is that they know what they need. Like Bob Castellini, we're gonna go get the pitching, and they did. And they bring in Sonny Gray, he, who might have been the ace last year, even though his record may not have indicated that. Yeah, he was the ace. I thought Luis Castillo was unbelievable last year. Throughout the, he kind of 
um, tampered off down the stretch a little bit, but that was when, you know, First they half, were... First half, he was awesome. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Which, if only the lineup could have scored him runs. But you think about as, as Castillo's come, as Castillo's become one of the best aces in the game, Sonny Gray too, Trevor Bowers become, you know, one of this team's best pitchers and, quite frankly, one of this team's best personalities. Tyler Malley's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. Definitely. But and yet here he here here he has been, he's been, you know, really solid this last month or so of the season, giving this Reds team an opportunity to clinch a postseason berth. No, definitely. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I think he can help them in the postseason if they get there. Assuming they get there, I think he'd be a great weapon. Uh, maybe even as a starter if they go into a longer if they make it that far. Uh, but, yeah, I think he could at the very least help in the bullpen to start, for sure, without a doubt. Yeah. So, 29 and 28 through 27 games. Somehow, here we are, three games remaining. Reds, Twins, kind of a unique situation that we're playing, you know, of all teams in Minnesota. Yeah. To try and clinch a postseason berth. Um, how many games do you think they need to win? Oh, it's a tough question. I mean, I think they would, if they win two, they're in. Um, they're a lock if they win the series. Uh, if they win one, I think they have a good shot, but then it just all hinges on the other games. What happens with the Brewers and Cardinals and what happens with the Marlins and Phillies and whatever, you know. What if they get swept? They're out. They're out. So you got to win at least one game. You have to win at I least I think one they game. will. I think they will, too. I like to think they will, but I also don't want to speculate because if I say they do and if they don't, it's going to be like, why right. do I think they were going? Uh, I'm always nervous until it's official. So, especially in this town, you never know. So, I can't Oh really, yeah, I can't say it's a lock. I'm not going to say that nonsense um, until it's official. But They're they in a good spot, but that's it. I mean, that's all I can say, to be honest with you. Because I think, um, who knows what can happen. I mean, the... the, the um, some of these other teams, like what do the Padres have to play for when they're playing the Giants? So, uh, what do the Rays really have to play see, for? I want to see how good. I mean, San Diego. I mean, they've been really solid this year, but thinking about how good they could be next year, and that rivalry between San Diego and Los Angeles could be. Yeah, it, it it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, San Diego's awesome. If, there's, if, I, if I could trade my fandom with the Reds and Yankees for one other team, I'd probably go with San Diego. Really? Just because they're, they're, they're so fun to watch. They, I mean, they hit grand slams. I mean, they got a, a really good lineup. They're pitching. Don't really now, know much yeah. about them. but Clevenger. I mean, they had Mike Clevenger. Right they play in a beautiful ballpark. Yeah, Petco's, in, in Petco Petco's park. spectacular. Looks really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, and, and the weather's nice year-round now in San Diego. Probably 70 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, easiest job in the world in our field, Zach, meteorologist in San Diego. Really? Was that? Because all you have to do is be like... 75 and yeah, sunny. That's how it is for the entire I've, month. I've always said meteorology was like kind of a, something I wish I would have gotten into. Like meteorology, being like a broad, like a, a yeah, weatherman. But you have to know science, and science I know, is that's like, the only thing. It's like, I, you got to take those science courses, and I'm not good at that stuff. Maybe just have someone do the science I'm, for you. You think I'm going to know like what, what the hell I'm doing and like... Applied chemistry, atmospheric chemistry, three <laughs> It's like no, I don't know what this is. Here's what you do: 
There is a cold front coming in here in San Diego, and it's, and you rely it's on going your, to be 62 instead of 77. And you rely on um, scientists to provide the information for you. WSDN, Zach Freeze. As long as you... Well, it'd be K, because... Oh, is that what it is? Well, yeah, because you're west of the Mississippi, it'd be KSDN. Wait, is that a thing? I think most of the stations out west are K... I didn't know that. Is that like a? Is that, is that what any it is? station? Any station? I think stations west of the Mississippi are K. Really? And then every because St. Louis has KMOX, eleven twenty. Oh, okay. well, we're WL. We got that's because we're that's because we're WXIX. Why K? I don't know. Why the letter? I didn't K? know that before you said that. I didn't know that. I think that's how it is in most. Okay. Most stations, because I know the more you know with Alex Frank. I, I'm just you know. The man of educating the people. I appreciate that. <laughs> educating the people. What a concept in 2020. That's <laughs> so, like, uh, that's, um, well, I mean, I, I do work with Willie Bill Cunningham, who's, yeah. uh, you know, the great American. So, oh, yeah. Uh, always having the people's backs. I think he does, at least. Do you, uh, do you want to get into UC football? Yeah. So, um, good, solid win on Saturday. Solid I'm one. not. I'm not impressed. I'm not overly impressed. I mean, you gave up 20 points to Austin Peay. It's one of those games where how much can you take away from it? I thought the offense looked good. I don't know. I mean, it was the only thing I think offensively was that's concerning was Jared Dokes not. I don't know. Maybe not having the the big runs you would expect. I mean, he had four touchdowns. I'm not saying Dokes had a bad game. I'm saying. Yeah, maybe didn't bust off a couple of runs that I thought they would uh, with Dokes, but yeah. But at the same time, Ritter played good. They used what four running backs in that game? They did McClellan and Ford and Montgomery. Yeah, Ritter had some. Ritter had some nice runs. Ben Bryant, I thought, played really well. Um, the receiving core, Alec Pierce being out is going to be a concern. Yeah, because. The biggest question for me on offense going into this season was how this receiving core was going. To, who who this who this receiving core was even going to include, mm-hmm. let alone their, what let alone what they were going to be able to do as far as performance on the field. Right. But Jaden Thompson came in, had a catch for eighteen yards. Um, Josh Wiley had Wiley a really had nice a great game. game. Yeah, Wiley's going to be legit. I think that guy's. Well, I think you're. I think they're going to have to use Wiley and Bruno Labelle because. You, you can't just replace Josiah DeGuara with one player. This is something that Marcus Freeman, who, by the way, just... How, what Bearcats fan does not love Marcus Freeman? How do you not love Marcus? Who are people... Wait, there aren't people out there that like don't like Marcus Freeman, are there? If, they, if, if there, there are, are fine, step if, forward. If there, are, if there <laughs> are, step forward, show yourself, and we'll tell you what's what. Marcus Freeman's a... We'll, 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 do, a, we'll do a drug test on you. Marcus Freeman's like the, like the third most important employee in... Like the UC athletic department, I think. Maybe behind Fickle and John Brandon. Like, what is like? Who's who's more important, Fickle or Brandon? Probably Fickle. I don't know. They're both important. They're both I think, close. I think Fickle by I think Fickle slightly over John Brandon. That's I think you give Fickle the edge just because the the track record the last. Hey, couple by the years. way, uh, bubble in Orlando for the NIT NIT yes. tip off. Yes, that's right. That'll be which fun. is just at, which is right after we play at UCF. Hmm. Wow! Thanksgiving yeah. or I mean, I mean, I mean, if Mickey's inviting us for Thanksgiving dinner, I'm all in. Wow. Okay. I wonder, I wonder what it'll make us. All right. I mean, so it's still going to be that week, that same week. You're saying? Yes. 
Or it's going to take place in, I think, in a span of two weeks from November. It, it starts November 25th because that's when the college basketball season starts. And there's 10 events that are going to be in the bubble in Orlando. It's the NIT, the Champions Classic. There's a whole bunch of tournaments right. included in there. Right. But, gosh, I just, hope we, I just hope by the start of conference play. Yeah. If you're going to have, if you're going to shorten the season because it's starting late, fine. If, you're, if you want to extend the season into April more, I'd be okay with that, too. Because yeah, you can say, I, I mean, you can say, well, it's not, it's not the tournament's not going to be mainly in the month of March. Listen, the madness is Champ Week and the first week of the tournament, which will would still be in March. Now, obviously, you know, you hope there's a vaccine. I, I don't want to get into any stuff related to that, but yeah, I mean, this is all. God, last year's tournament is going to be so fun. Yeah, it's going to be great. Well, it's always great, but yeah. don't make it off topic there. I just wanted to bring that up there. So anyway. You see 55-20 over Austin P. 77 players played last week. Yeah. Might as well get them in. How about Evan Prater? I thought Evan Prater looked comfortable did, in the pocket. He got, he, in a, he got in, he in one play, two Last plays? possession. It was like two or three plays. I didn't, I didn't get to see that, but I know I, he had a run or something. I don't, you know. Listen, it wasn't anything. Listen, like, it, it, it's a crucial that you redshirt him. Yeah. Because he's going to play. Because Ritter's got two years left. So Prater would be... A, so you have three years potentially to be your quarterback. Yeah, I take that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I, the goal you're going to redshirt him. It's just this game is just he's a talent. You're yeah. I mean Prater is the, the future, and I guess it's good to get him a snap or two, a couple snaps at the end, and um, because the, obviously he's not going to play in more than four games this year. So it's good to see him out there. Get it, you know. Get get him on the field. Get him. Well, at least a little bit of uh, what it's like to, to play in a college college game. But, again, there, there isn't a ton to take from this game. I thought the defense played fine. The only the only problem, um, you know, they gave up the big run at the end, but that was with all freshmen basically playing. It was all third, fourth, fourth team, I think. Um, but, I mean, I thought, except that one, Boston P had, I think, one long drive early on, but, yeah, their wasn't first, their first possession of the game. I'll, I will say this. The one area of concern, and it was a concern going into the season, and it was after Saturday, the linebacking core. Drill Wade. Which, yeah, you're going to – I mean, Wade. obviously, when you're when you're replacing Perry Young and Brian Wright, it's not easy. And, which, and Marcus Freeman said in the offseason, you can't replace one guy with another. It's multiple different looks, schemes, packages, multiple different guys. Remember last year, Zach, and the biggest replacements on defense was going to be Kamani Fitz, Cortez Broad, and Marquise Copeland? You, you didn't, they didn't replace him with one, two, and three. No, it was the combination of Curtis Brooks, Elijah Ponder, MyJ Sanders, Ethan Tucky, Malik Van, Michael Pitts. I mean, this, I mean, this, I mean this, this, this defensive line. The list goes on. <laughs> I mean, think about this. UC played 22 different defensive players against UCF. I mean, that that game plan still is just brilliant. Yeah. From Marcus Freeman, that was on a short that was on a short week too. By the way. I yeah I mean uh, I I, I trust I it's it is kind of a thing though you said like I, I it's come it's gotten to the point where I'm tr- I trust I just kind of trust this coaching staff. I trust this development, like that these guys will develop into good players because we thought, like you said, we thought losing all these defensive linemen last year, or, you know, 
Yeah, last year. Going into last year, I was going to, you know, oh, what, what are they going to do? And it's just like, well, they've got 10 of this, you know. Guys Mal- just Malik wait. Van stepped up. And Guys just Ponder waiting in the wings. And Brooks and Brant, like, just everybody. It, it, was, it, was, it wasn't like one guy's the dominant guy. It was just like 10 guys getting, 8, 9, 10 guys getting in. Um, and I think that'll happen with the linebackers. I don't think any of these, like, I don't think these linebackers are as good as Perry Young or Brian Wright were. I mean, they're not. But, I mean, you still have, I think, DeBlanco's been around here. He's He's been around for a long time. I think he's a guy that, uh, with the experience, I'm not too worried about him. Jarrell White wasn't a starter technically, but he's played a bunch his first three years. So, um, and then he's played pretty well. Um and then Darian Beavers, I mean, he's a little newer, I guess, but he's played a lot of college football. I guess like um, UConn doesn't really count, but you know, it's it's football, I guess, over the, up there and and uh, wherever they are, Hartford stores, wherever they're playing, they're not playing football. Somewhere in Connecticut. Yeah. Um, not this fall, but. And then, yeah, they're. I mean, they're green there. They're young there. When it comes to like, they don't have as much depth as they did last year. Um, you know, Ty Van Fossen and Brody Engle and guys like that. Like, those are the backup guys that you might have to rely on. Yeah, okay. Those guys are a little green. They don't have the experience. But hopefully our starters can stay healthy. I mean, because I don't think it's – I think it, you're right. It might, might be a weakness on this team. But I don't think it's like this. these linebackers can't play. Like, this is bad. Um, but, I, yeah, it, it, we'll see. Well, I guess they'll really get tested this week because this is, a, this is an important game. Especially up front, you know, this is where the, the line at the line of scrimmage against the option is is so critical, and the linebackers are going to have to play well. You know? You're going to have to. It's a matter of just staying disciplined and staying in your gaps, and you know, it's an eye test, really. Yeah. Both on the field and from what we're going to see as commentators, reporters, and those those surrounding the team. I mean, that's what this game is going to be like. And I remember we played Navy two years ago, and they did a tremendous job defensively in that game. And hopefully, now, the, the only thing is, you, this game was announced a month ago. So you haven't had that much time to prepare for it as if in 2018, when they spend more time in fall camp devoting time to the triple option. So hopefully they did enough two years ago. Yeah. It's going to be the scout team. It's going to be just, you know, everybody contributing to stop this triple option attack. And Army is a pretty good football team. No, they're good. I mean, they, I mean they've come a long way. Uh, Jeff Munkin's done an unbelievable job with that program. The rush game, obviously, that's all they do. Um, and just, you know, they've been in the top five in the nation the last two years running the football. I mean, this is a team who, who uh, hung up 70 points in the Armed Forces Bowl in 2018. Against Houston? Yes. That's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, look. Army, I think, is a pretty good team. I think this this is a game that's a little scary. Um, you're, you don't feel you feel a little bit uneasy because you know their army's going to come in. They'll probably be disciplined. They'll be well coached. The, the 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 where army I think where where I don't really worry about this game is when it comes to just I think army is taking advantage of some some bad teams. I mean I don't think Middle Tennessee and Monroe are very good. No, and you're, um, and you're playing those at home. And you're playing a Cincinnati team that is, um, you know, I think the athletes, um, it's just athlete-wise, they haven't seen anything like this. Uh, up front, they probably, they're they not going to see anything like this. Um, 
and and that experience against Navy, I don't know how much it comes into play, but I think it comes into play. I mean, I think it's. I think it should because it, I mean, you think about outside of three guys, you have pretty much the same defense. Yeah, I, I just that think played in that game. Who that Navy team? I, I think this Army team, to be honest, is better um, than that team. I think they're just they're just no better. question about because it. Because that Navy team didn't have Malcolm Perry playing quarterback and. Um, That's right, they didn't. And so it, it, yeah, I think they're going to just be a better – they'll probably be a little bit better offensively. Um, but I, I, that's the thing. I, I think I think I'm not too worried about this game. Um, I do worry, I guess, a little bit about can the how, how well the offense can move the ball. I think UC will, will move the ball, but um, – it's it's not the you know this isn't a dynamic offense that's just like gonna put up a bunch of points. I don't think uh, they could, but um, I think that another key is just Army's gonna take a lot of time off the clock with that with the option running the ball as much as they will. It's just it'll cut down on the possessions that UC will have, which will make those possessions much more important. It's know. a matter of taking advantage. It's a matter of getting off the field. Yeah, and sometimes when you get into a match, when you get into a game like this against a team that runs a triple option that's so unique, it's a it's clock control. Right? Can you beat them at their own game? Right. I think if you do that, you're going to be in a great position. If the defense, and I think well, and the thing is, you can say, well, I think you'll know early on. No, because Army's going to do this the entire game. Yeah. But if you build a comfortable enough lead, if if it's twenty eight three at halftime, you're feeling good. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like because Army's not quick strike right it's like if they start out if, if like the first drive you see gets if the, let's say army gets the ball first drive three and out and then you see comes down marches down the field scores a touchdown and then they and second drive army army you know gets the ball back they don't do anything um take a, you know take some time off the clock but they don't do anything and you see gets the ball and they um, you know, they score again. They're up fourteen nothing, and after one, I'd be, I'd feel really good, just because, like you said, this isn't a team. Yeah, they might bust off a couple of big runs, but they're not a team that's, you know, they're going to move so quick. I know Army, I think, moves a little bit quicker than than most option teams, but at the same time, uh, I think this is a team that's, it's going to take them a while. Um, they'll have longer drives, so it'll be harder for them. To get, if they're down by two scores, two or three scores early to come back, but that's the biggest. That's just the biggest thing. I'm already blanking on what I said. I think the score is going to be this game. I think I said, what did I say last night? What do you think? I, I, I think UC is going to win. I think it's going to yeah. be a closer game. I think I said like thirty-five, twenty-three, or maybe yeah. maybe that was Sean. Maybe that's what Sean said. I think I might have said thirty-seven. I I'll have to go back I, and. I said thir- I think thirty-four, twenty-one. Something like that. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a much closer game. The over-under on this game, by the way, is 45. I take the over, and I tomahawk, I I tomahawk the, the yeah, over-under. I agree. I would take the over as well. I, I just think, I don't the know. Only, the only way I can see the under happening is if you see wins like they did against Navy, 42 nothing. 42 nothing. yeah. Yeah. I don't think it'll be 42 nothing. I, I just no, don't I don't think it will be either. <laughs> I, if it is, great. I just like I like UC in this game. I'm not terribly worried. It's not a game I'm like super worried about because it's I've gotten to the point where UC's a better football team and I trust Coach Fick and you never know. I mean look we saw I've that last point, year. I've come to a point where I can trust him too. Uh, last year we had some scares against some bad football teams, but I got a feeling they're gonna come out focused. Some. 
<laughs> I feel confident with this group defensively. Um, I think they'll do. You know, they're they're going to. I think they're going to do their job, um, take care of business. Could be a, could be a little bit close in the first half. Wouldn't surprise me if it's a one score game at half or something like that, or you know maybe three score game or I'm uh, sorry three point game. But I, I just I like this. Um, I like this. Uh, I like this game for UC. I, I think they win by by two scores. I guess by, by two scores. Top twenty five matchup in Nipper Stadium. It's on ESPN. First top twenty five matchup in Nipper Stadium since two thousand eight. What was that? Uh, UC and Pitt. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was there. It was freezing. Mark Jones, Dusty Dvorak, and Quinn Kessinich will have the call on ESPN. Of course, uh, yours truly, Sean McMahon, will have the call on Bearcast Media. Caleb Taylor is going to be our pregame, halftime, and postgame show host. Zach, you and I have next week and the next three games following this. Yes, sir. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward it to will those be. games. I just hope it's not like, because we're outside this year for the broadcast, I hope it's not like 25 degrees and windy. Oh, yeah. Because if it is, now thankfully. Halloween could be a problem. Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully the door, thankfully the door to get inside to the West Pavilion is like two steps away. So this is, so you are out, you're all outdoors. There yes. is no cover. This is. There's no cover. You're outdoors. Yes. Okay. Now there is an Ethernet cord. Thank goodness. Okay. Because, you know, that, that's what we run off of. So. Um, it's an it's an exciting game. I obviously you wish fans could be there. Uh, immediate family members of the players can attend the game. Yeah, I was there last week, and you know it felt like a college football game. The marching band was there. The cheerleaders were there. Spirit Squad. Just a little. Now, bit. obviously, it's not going to be normal this year. I don't think. Yeah. Next. I don't know. Year, the hope is next year it will be. Oh my god! If we I come hope. back next year, I mean, if you, if you think about next year's schedule, it's fun. We got another game. So. Ah, well, for sure we're doing that. I mean that's a that'll be a heck of a game. If we come back and we're able to comment next year, that's what we're doing. Oh, we're oh, we're going all in that week. <laughs> oh, 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 brother. Oh gosh, we're we're staying. We'd stay at the at my family's lake house in Lake Michigan, which is an hour away. Oh, we'd be. That's gonna be a fun weekend. That'd be fun. Maybe the Bengals will. Maybe we'll get lucky and the Bengals will play in Chicago that weekend, because they do go to Chicago next year to play the Bears. <laughs> Maybe wishful thinking, but we'll see. I mean, it worked out for us last year when we went to media days and the Bengals played in Baltimore. Yeah, it's true. I wish we could do that again this year. Yeah. We, we, got, we got enough time. Do you want to do some quick Bengals? And I've already, you know, I've already done two shows. I mean, we, well, you and I and Elliot talked, Elliot Rearing talked about this on Tuesday. Justin Cashman and I talked about this on Monday. Preview show tomorrow with Justin and Preston. I, you know... The Bengals, Zach, the, the biggest point I made earlier this week is, and I don't know if, you, if you've noticed this, whenever the Bengals lose like two games in a row, you can't just, we don't just focus on the two games themselves. Like when New England loses two games in a row, it's like, okay, what's going on with their pass game? What's going on with their defense? No, with the Bengals, it's, well, this is what's been for the last 29 years. We look at it from the big picture organizational, which has been terrible for 29 straight years. This game on Sunday is one of the most important games in recent memory, I think. Because if you lose this, what happens, Zach, when you lose games? Losing culture. And yeah, and what lose and the fans? What comes? Well, yes, and what comes with losing culture? Uh, From those who cover the team. Negative, negative press. Which includes questions. Winning takes care of a lot of things. Think, I mean, we drafted Joe Burrow, supposed to be the savior of this franchise. 
And the Bengals better surround him with every valuable tool possible. I don't trust his coaching staff with Joe Burrow. I sure as hell don't trust the right side of the offensive line. If you lose this game on Sunday, this season could go off the rails very quickly. I think, yeah. To be honest, I think the season and is... I don't know if you, And I don't even know if it'd be even that much saved if they win. I'm not going to say... Uh, it, I'm not saying like the season is already off the rails, but the season is kind of already off the rails. 0-2 start. Burrow looks great. I mean, that's the thing. The Burrow is the one thing that like makes this season continue to worth watching. Like Tyler, Tyler Boyd's look good. Tyler Boyd's look good, but it's like Burrow's like the future, and he makes this season. Drew Sample of, exists. Yeah, uh, but but everything else, like the run defense was bad, and I know they didn't have Geno, they didn't have Mike Daniels Thursday, but that was just like I mean they got bullied. Who both did not practice uh, yesterday? God. Oh. DJ Reader can't God. do the, can, DJ Reader can't do this all by himself. I know. I, he, I mean, he's he's fine. I'm not saying he's the yeah, problem. Yeah, he's not the issue. They've got to get healthy. Yeah, William um, Jackson's actually played, I, I think, somewhat well outside of that one the, touchdown he gave up to Odell Beckham. It, it's but the problem is Alex. It's it's every the the issue isn't. Um, I honestly think the, as bad as the defense is, we, the issue is we're going to keep beating this dead horse into the ground. But it is the O line. It's just the, the this just doesn't seem like it's going to this year is just kind of like we're gonna have to live with this just terrible offensive line. Where's the fix? So How do been, they well, fix well, this? Well, we've been living with it for the last four exactly, years. Exactly because they didn't do anything. They they think no. Xavier Suafilo is like yeah that's good enough. Just a slap a bandaid on that. No. They think drafting a guy in the sixth round. Yeah, sure. Throw that guy probably, in the mix. He's probably not even going to see the field. Right. Later. It's like they, can't, they they don't learn. They get what they deserve because they don't learn. And the uh, one thing, and the one, and the one reason why, or one reason why they didn't draft an offensive lineman was they were focusing on linebackers. Well, they haven't done dearly squat this year. Well, Akeem, Akeem Davis Gaither shown some flashes. Logan Wilson haven't seen much from him. Jermaine Pratt's played all right the first two weeks. Which I'm fine with them taking linebackers, but it's like if you're going to address that situation, fine. But you still have to. You know, and then, like, they spend money in free agency on defense. Then trade for a good... Like, if you're going to spend money, or if you're going to spend those picks on linebackers, fine. Then just go out and trade for a tackle, or go out and get it to... Like, try to sign a good offensive tackle. Spend money. Like, it's like, we obviously, they spent... They had enough money to spend all, you know, on, on the defense. You know, so it's not like um, they, they couldn't spend money... You know, they spent all the money this offseason. They didn't, you know, they just, they signed Xavier Suofilo. That was it. But then spend on the O-line or make a trade or like, it's just like, but instead, no, they, they, they spent money. They, oh, they spent money. All right. They spent it on Bobby Hart a few years ago. Uh, that was that was ridiculous. That was a good move, right? Yeah, let's just spend it on the bad offensive lineman that's not good. And I mean, what, what did Bobby Hart prove? Nothing. That he deserved $21 million. He proved something all right, and that's being a horrible tackle. I mean, horrible. He was a t- he, My- he proved that he's a turnstile. That's yeah. what he proved. Miles Garrett, Miles Garrett made him look ridiculous on Thursday night last week. And then suddenly, like, oh, well, let's just give Fred Johnson a shot. And that didn't work. Well, maybe not. Let's not do that anymore because that was horrible. thing about it is, too, like, Joe Burrow, you're seeing what separates him from Andy Dalton is his ability to mask the deficiencies that the offensive line creates. It's kind of like Russell Wilson. They lose that game 35-10. to 10. 
I think. Absolutely. If, if Joe Burrow, like, there was one play where he was stepped up in the pocket, moved to his left, and hit T. Higgins on yep. the sideline. Yep. Andy Dalton either gets sacked or throws the ball away. That's or maybe not, throws an interception. And look, that's not a, like, I'm not trying to, this isn't like a knock on Andy. This, I'm not trying to be critical of Andy Dalton. It's just kind of is what it is. Like, Joe Burrow, I feel like, is just like, kind of elevated, yeah, bad play, like no. just bad. Andy maybe. Dalton's didn't, you know, he he had problems. There were problems with with those. Last year's team was terrible. He's so a limited. Like, he was a limited quarterback. Yeah, Joe Burrow's limited. not a limited quarterback. Mister there, th- there are things. There are things that Joe Burrow needs to do better. I think he needs sure. to get rid of the ball quicker at right. times. It co- it cost him sometimes on Thursday, but the Bengals didn't lose the game because of Joe Burrow. No, the Bengals have not lost either game because of Joe Burrow. No. They lost the first game because of Randy Bullock's inability to send the game to overtime. I also think they lost the game because their defense broke down late. I also think... Now, they lost the game on Thursday because they couldn't stop the run to save their lives. And I th- and also, they got they got behind early. They started out well. I mean, they scored on their first drive. But you got to... In a game like that, you can't kick field goals. Like, the Browns didn't kick any field goals. The Bengals kicked three. And when you have first and goal from the one yard line, we got seven minutes left. We're kind of crunched for time here. You got to find a way to, yeah, to punch it in. So, look, it's a must-win game at Philly on, on Sunday. And the thing is, I think they can win this game. Philly is struggling. Philly's severely. Been Their defense is terrible. Their offense now with Jalen Rieger out. I mean, they're they're relying they're relying on you know they have talent on offense. Lane Johnson's back, who's their best offensive lineman, but they just put another one on the on injured reserve. So th- they should be able to. I think they can win this game. Do I think they will? You're about to find out. Uh oh! What a segue that was. Fire up that timer, Zach. Time now for our two minute drill. I was sensational last week, fourteen and two. I think I, think I was something like. That. Well, that's what happens when I think every single favorite but one team right. won the game, and it that was, was a big favorites week. That was Vegas. Yes. Um, okay, fire up that timer. Two minutes started. Kicking things off tonight, Thursday night football, week three, Miami and Jacksonville. I'll tell you what, Jacksonville's not as bad as we thought going into the season. I think they'll win the night, twenty eight to fourteen. Bears-Falcons, guess what? Atlanta gets the revenge this week. Chicago's played two crappy teams first two weeks. Atlanta's played two good teams and just came up short. Falcons 31-20. Rams-Bills, what a great game this is going to be. Did you think this is going to be a great game early on this season? Not like this, no. I'll take the Bills in a nail-biter, 28-27. Washington-Cleveland, let's go freeze. Upset pick number one. Washington over Cleveland. That pass rush is real. Real? 27-24, they beat the Browns. Titans-Vikings, upset pick number two. Minnesota writes the ship for the time being. That was a pun there, by the way. 28-21. Vegas and New England, what a great game this is going to be. Man, another great game. I'll take the Patriots. No, I'll take the Patriots here, 31-24. 49ers-Giants, the Niners are banged up, but what a great team for them to play with the injuries they have placed. Giants are awful. Niners, 28-13. Bengals-Eagles, look, I mean, both teams need to win, but... In the end, I, I know what's coming. Miles Sanders is going to go. Adrian Peterson is Justin Cashman. Said Carson Wentz will have the game of his life. Eagles 34-20. Houston and the Steelers. The Texans are 0-2. They might be the best 0-2 team in football, though. They'll be 0-3, though, after this week. Steelers, their defense is good. Big Ben looks back, looks healthy, 27-20. Jets, Colts. The Jets are a mess. Come on now. The oh, Colts, yeah. I can't figure this team out, but luckily for them, I can this week because they're playing the worst team in the NFL. Colts 34-14. Panthers, Charters, thank God Justin Herbert is starting this week. 
He's the real deal. Oh, is he starting? He is. Is it because of Tyrod? Uh, stupid. That's messed up what happened to Tyrod. Yeah, I do feel bad for him, but guess what? Justin Herbert's been the answer there. Quarterback all along. Chargers 34-21. Buccaneers, Broncos. The Broncos are rashed by injuries right yeah. now. Tampa Bay, they haven't looked great. I think they'll get a win here, though, in this one 30-20. Detroit and Arizona, the Cardinals are playing some really good football right now. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. They'll continue to roll 35-20 over the Lions. Cowboys, Seahawks, don't be fooled. Dallas is not going to win this game. It's in Seattle. Russell Wilson's the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Dallas, they're a talented team, but they can't put it all together, and they're playing on the road this week. Seahawks, 34-24. Sunday Night Football, Green Bay and New Orleans. What a great matchup this is. Thank goodness for the scheduling God's giving us this game. Only thing is, fans won't be in attendance. Won't matter. Stop criticizing Drew Brees. He's going to prove it out as wrong. I'm calling it 350 and four touchdowns on Sunday. Saints, 37-31. Over Green Bay. Monday Night Football. How about this? Chiefs-Ravens. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. With this game. Let's go. I'm telling you right now, the Chiefs, their offensive line is not very good. They've had some issues. The Ravens, they look like the best team in the NFL. They'll show it on Monday night. 38-28, they win. Okay. That's your two-minute drill. That was a three-minute drill, but it was... Well, I had had to throw some stats in there. All right, you ready? I am. You got three minutes to do this. Ready, set, go. All right, I was starting Jacksonville, Miami... Thursday Night Football, not a great game, but I'll take the uh, Jags, 27-21. Uh, Bears-Falcons, the Bears are a fraud. Give me Atlanta, the bounce back after the worst loss of all time, 31-17. <laughs> Rams-Bills, I'm going to take the I'm gonna take the Rams, actually. I think the Rams have impressed me. I think they come out on top, 28-24 type game. I'm going with Cleveland over Washington, sorry. I, I think Washington's not very good. I like Cleveland 24-13 in that one. Titans Vikings again. I'm going with Tennessee. I don't think Minnesota is very good. 28 to 21. Uh, Patriots Raiders. I like what I'm seeing from the Patriots. I like what I'm seeing from Cam Newton. Uh, I think uh, I think New England. Uh, 32 to 23. Um, I'm going to do Niners Giants next, and that I, I can't believe that the Giant uh, the Giants are only a four point underdog. Even with all those Niners injuries, I'm taking the Niners. 27 uh, 13. Eagles, Eagles beat the Bengals. I mean, what are we doing? Uh, Thirty-five to seventeen. Sure. Blown. Wow. Uh, Steelers, Texans. I like the Steelers. It was a, last week was a bad week, but they'll bounce back. Uh, Twenty-eight to twenty-seven. Uh, Colts, Jets. Uh, the Colts are going to smack them. Uh, it'll be thirty-one-seven. Panthers, Chargers, I like the Chargers. Herbert, I think Herbert's on to something there. 24-13, I like that. Uh, I like Arizona big over the Lions. Uh, Kyler Murray for MVP, 34-24. to Tampa Bay at Denver, got to like Tampa here. Um, 27-17. to I like Seattle as well. I think they'll win big, 33-17. to I'm going to stick with the Saints, too. I agree. I'm, I'm with you on the Saints. I think they'll bounce back. I don't know if Breeze is going to light it up like you said, but 27-23, something like that. And then, again, I like I like Baltimore quite a bit here, 31-21. I'll give them the edge over the uh, You love football. If you love football, you better be watching Monday night. That's going to be showtime. 45 seconds left. Zach, nice job. Went just over. We were a lot closer to two minutes than me. That does it for today's <laughs> edition of Sports Anyway. You want it. He's Zach Freeze. I'm Alex Frank. We'll be back next Thursday, hopefully, with some Reds postseason baseball um, on the horizon. Yeah, that'd be nice, right? Yep. Love you guys. Thanks for listening.